I don't know if you're following what's going on in Hollywood right now, but it's in total shambles right now. May 2nd, the writers go on a strike. We're not going to be writing anymore because of AI, residual protection. What's going to happen to us? You guys are using AI to write scripts. 11,500 writers guilt. Not writing anymore. So guess what? Stephen Colbert, go look at his YouTube channel. Last time they did a video, new two months ago. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, two months ago. Jimmy Fallon is doing the best stuff. They're not even putting up any content. Then July 14, guess who joins them? SAG. 160,000 members from SAG join the strike. So now this whole thing is going on. No one's getting paid. If you're part of SAG, you kind of need to be part of SAG. Union to be protected. But the bad thing about being part of SAG, you can't take another job right now because you're part of the union. So you have to either step away from it. That's 170. 71,500 members, no movies, no streaming, no shows, nothing. Then this week, Bob Iger on a CNBC interview shares what he thinks. This is disappointing what's going on. You got to see that interview. And then Ron Perlman from Hellboy, from the 1987 Beauty and the Beast. He played the Beast. And from Sons of Anarchy, you recognize the face. He gets angry. He gets pissed off. Calling out the man who made $27 million in year. Everybody's like, who's this $27 million a year person? When you Google Bob Iger's salary 2022, $27 million. We're going to follow this story and we're going to talk about what the solution is. Is it the big company's fault? Are the writers not positioned themselves well? What should they be doing moving forward? We're going to talk about that today. If you get value out of the video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. But let's get right into it. By the way, when you think about these things, like when's the last time both Writers Guild and SAG went on a strike? This should probably happen every year, right? Maybe every five years, every 10 years. What if I told you the last time this happened was 1960s when they both came together saying, what is this all about? Back then, actors and writers joined together to fight for fairness in regards to residual payments from films sold to television networks. Just kind of fair. Hey, I want to get paid better. I want to get paid fair with the residuals. Totally get it. That's a big part of Hollywood. We get it. But the next time this happens was 1980s. And 1980s was only actors going on a strike, not writers. But then in 2007, 2008, when writers went on a strike, this was again for residuals from streaming services. You know, the whole thing with Netflix, Hulu, all these other things that was taking place. They went on a strike. And that cost just the city of Los Angeles an estimated one and a half billion dollars. Not actors, just writers. So the, the concept of both of these guys now as of July 14th going on a strike, this has not happened since 1960s. It's so frustrating for these guys that I want to give you context before I play these clips. This is Ron Perlman. They're upset about the fact that the executives are making a lot of money. I'll show you some of the numbers here if you want to take a look at this. David Zaslav from Warner Brothers, the last five years, has made $498 million. Ari Emanuel, $346 million. Reed Hastings from Netflix, $209 million. Bob Iger, $195 million. Ted from Netflix, $192 million. You see the rest of the names. Rupert Murdoch, Lachlan Murdoch, Brian Roberts. All of these guys in the last five years have made over $143 million. And these guys are saying, if these guys are getting paid this kind of money, how about us? What, and by the way, even the actors, you know, it's not fair. Tom Cruise last year in 2022 made $100 million. Highest paid actor when he did the movie Top Gun. How about Will Smith? He made $35 million. Leo did $30 million. Brad Pitt did $30 million. Dwayne Johnson, 22 and a half. Will Ferrell, Hemsworth, Vin Diesel, Tom Hardy, Joaquin Phoenix, Ryan Reynolds, Denzel, all of them did $20 million. How about us? And by the way, Ron Perlman, his net worth, he's a millionaire. He's worth around eight to 10 million million according to some of the data out there. But watch what he says when he calls out the $27 million man. And then I want to let you hear from Bob Iger. Then I got a couple thoughts here. Here's Ron Perlman. The mother who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments. Listen to me, mother 
There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the f*** said that. And we know who said that. And where he f***ing lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27 f***ing million dollars a year for creating nothing. Be careful, mother Be really careful. Because that's the kind of that stirs up. So everybody's like, well, who's this $27 million man? Again, I showed you online, if you look at how much money he made, uh, Bob Iger in 2022 is $27 million. So it's a direct call out. Here's what Bob Iger said on defending him, their position against union. Here's what he had to say. Well, I think it's very disturbing to me. I, you know, we've talked about uh, disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges that we're facing and the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. And they are adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. So they're not being realistic? No, they're not. Why not? I can't, I, can't, I can't answer that question. I, again, I respect their right and their desire to get as much as they possibly can in compensation for their people. I, and I completely respect that. I've been around long enough to understand that dynamic and to appreciate it. But you also have to be realistic about it, the business environment and what this business can deliver. What are you doing in the interim, then? Does AI well, start it, to it write a lot of scripts? It will, have a, it will have a very, very damaging effect on the whole business. And unfortunately, the strike will. there's huge collateral damage in the industry to people who are, you know, who are support services. I could go on and on. It will affect the economy of you know, different regions even because yeah. of just the size, sheer size of the business. Now, you may say, well, I agree with Perlman. That's not cool. That's not fair. Or you may say, I don't know. Union always breaks stuff. They always get in there and hold people hostage. Union doesn't typically do good things. They start off as good. Eventually, they hurt the people that they wanted to help. The whole point right now is who needs who more and who's going to cave first? Are they going to wait till people can no longer make their mortgage payments? Then they're going to come back and say, hey, SAC, we're not with it. I got to start making money. This is not cool. This happens in baseball when there's collective bargaining agreements and there's a strike. It happens in basketball. It happens everywhere. But the recent point in the fear of AI and the direction they're going, there was a movie that was on Flash. I took my kids to watch Flash. There's a scene at the end of the movie, which they're kind of using AI to replicate actors' likeness without fair compensations. The Flash, it raised eyebrows as it used these deep fake the CGI and depicting these deceased actors, stirring up discussions of future films making so let me get this straight so you can literally scan my body and have me turned around in every possible way put it in the system the system can use me to use future roles in a movie and i shouldn't get paid for that that's actually a valid argument to have so let me get this straight i understand you don't want me to do the work you're going to use ai maybe i don't get paid a hundred percent because i'm not actually there you use in mind maybe it's ten percent maybe it's five percent maybe it's fifteen percent that's the job of the agent to go out there and negotiate but the point is if you're going to use my face my body my voice my everything and i don't get paid for nothing what the hell am i doing here you need to pay me fairly that's a very fair argument in the direction that AI is going either hire me to do the work and pay me the full premium, 20 million, 10 million, 5 million, or $100,000, or 
If you're going to use my AI, my, you know, the CGI image, you got to still pay me a certain percentage of it. And they can kind of figure that part out. Now, some people will say, well, Pat, do you know what's the average pay actors get paid in Hollywood? According to U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, they make roughly $27.73 per hour. Some people may say, well, you and the other, that's not a lot of money. You should pay me more. These people should get paid more. I get it, but 27 and 70, that's actually a very good number. Minimum wage is 15 bucks. If you want to get paid more, like a Top Gun or like a Dwayne, that guy started off in his first movie not getting paid that much money. He worked his way up. James Franco in his first movie barely made any money. You can go look at a lot of these stories of how they got started and they worked their way up. You got to do the same as well. If not, minimum wage is a pretty decent minimum wage. While the federal minimum wage is at 720 in California, is at 15 bucks an hour. You're 2x California. So that argument, let's set that one aside. The next argument is, Pat, you know, did you know only 12.7% of SAG members qualify for union's health plan and the minimum amount of money a performer must take home in one year to qualify for health insurance is 26470 Yeah, I get that. You're part-time. So that argument of, we should give everybody health insurance. No, you, you shouldn't. Because if somebody's doing SAG and you're doing one part or one role and you're making 1800 bucks or 1900 you want, no, that's not how this works. You have to be full-time committed. The tiers need to be certain higher to be able to offer health insurance, especially knowing how expensive health insurance is today. I also understand why Bob Iger and the other guy's going to be like, we're just not going to do that for you. So it is what it is when it comes down to the health insurance. Now, the next part is, hey, look how much money I'm making if it's on network television versus streaming, right? I'm not making anything. I'm making pennies on a dollar and a bunch of people are posting pictures. You know, here's one that says, you know, I made $2.77 for two minutes long and I'm netting $2.77. This other person says that I got one five payments totaling 13 cents. Another person got one that said negative one cent. Another person named Luke Cook on TikTok responded saying, I'm only making $7,500 per episode versus my competitors are getting $100,000. Another guy named Jack Bensinger said on seven episodes of TV residuals, he made 19 cents. Anyways, this keeps going on and on and on. All right, valid network television versus streaming. Just so everybody knows, network television is going away. So that business model, they were making a lot of money because they can charge people $100 a month for cable, $200 a month for cable. Netflix is doing $9.99, $12.99. The margins are not the same margins that they have, but on the next round of negotiating contract, get better negotiation on tiers, on what you're going to be doing moving forward. You can't go back and sell what? On anything I've done in my past, I want to be able to do this. That negotiation's already been done. Unless, if it shows that a renegotiation opportunity is coming up, well, then make sure you guys got the right lawyers defending you. This one, 50-50, they can both argue to see what's going to happen there. So remember when 2007, 2008, just the writers went on a strike and there was a $1.5 billion discrepancy, how much they lost in LA alone. Remember that whole number we talked about? Right now, they're projecting the potential economic impact of the combined writers and actors strike could cost $4 billion or more in damage, according to Kevin Cloud and Chief Global Strategist for Economic Think Tank at the Milken Institute. He told this to CNN. And at the same time, London and UK, Australia, New Zealand, and other places which either have studios or even do post-production will also face a real impact. So then we start talking about here in St. Pat, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And this person tweets out saying, Disney won't give up 0.091% of their revenue to stop the strike. Netflix won't give up 0.214% of their revenue to stop the strike. Warner Brothers won't give up 0.108% of their revenue to stop the strike. Paramount won't give up 0.148% of their revenue to stop the strikes. And by the way, this is Petro's 
of Sparta, I want to give them credit. These are good conversations and good debate. They don't have to do it. They can still say and say no problem. But why is this important to you and I? So we already know Disney's gone a complete different direction and they've lost a lot of families that no longer trust to put their kids watching Disney. We already know the direction Netflix has gone with some of the movies they do with cuties. And a lot of people are like, what the hell are you doing with all these movies? Why do you care about my kids? So they're already getting destroyed. By the way, to give you a number of what's happened with revenues over the years, okay? Box office revenue. Let me give it this data. In 2005, according to Statista, box office, global box office revenue in dollars was $23 billion. Every single year, it went up consecutively till 2019, the year before COVID, topping at $42.3 billion. 2020, COVID happens, it drops to $11.8 billion. 2021, 21.3 billion dollars in 2022 it's a little over 25 billion dollars still hasn't gone back to 42.3 billion dollars in 2019 and now they're doing strike so guess who gets affected everybody but more importantly i sat there and asked a question from our guys kelly asked me a question saying pat what do you say to this is it fair what these big companies are doing these guys are needed they're worried about what's going to happen with ai and all this other stuff i said okay great let's talk about that yeah Radio is gone. Nobody listens to radio anymore. What do we do? Force it to work? No, it's podcasts. Uh, what happened to newspapers? Newspapers are gone. It's all digital. What happened to all these magazines? Do you remember Maxim Magazine, how big it was? When's the last time you subscribed to Maxim Magazine? Flex Magazine, bodybuilding, gone. Yeah, I can go on giving you so many different magazines, gone. If you don't adapt, you're going to get destroyed. And many people in Hollywood are getting destroyed because of the level of innovation that we have. However, to give it back to these writers and SAG and actors, let me give you my perspective. I sit there, I love movies. For me, movie is therapy. When I ran my company for many years at the stages when I was doing 100 hours a week and I was working Monday through Sunday pretty much, my therapy once a week was when I needed to go get away from everybody and turn off my phone is I used to go spend two hours with 20 80-year-olds. You know where? At the movie theater. Hey, Patrick, how are you? So we're going to watch this here together. I'm like, here, Mary, I got you some popcorn. Here's some icy. Let's sit down. And I would sit in the back by myself. Half the time, if the movie was boring within 15 minutes, you know what I'm doing. I'm gone, right? But it was therapy because I love movies. We went out on the most credible website to see the top 100 greatest movies of all time. If I were to ask you right now, what's the greatest movie of all time? I'm curious what you would say. Now, it's a tough question. I get it. Give me one of them. We're not on a date. I'm just asking you, what's the most incredible movie you've ever seen in your life? Some guys here said, you know, Maverick said Bambi. She said Gladiator. Brandon said different. Everybody's given their movies, right? I want you to think about this. Watch this. Do you know out of the top 100 movies, according to IMDb, do you know what decade produced most movies that aren't the top 100 greatest movies of all time? Let's go through it. You ready? Number one, 1950s, 20 of them. 1970 is second place with 19. Third place is a tie between the 60s and 90s with 15. Next one is 1942 with 12. Next one is 1980s with 7. Next one, 1930s with nine. Zero in 2010s, the entire decade. Not one movie on IMDb is considered a top 100 movie of all time. And in the 2000s, from 2000 to 2009, it's only three. The Pianist, Gladiator, and Lord of the Rings. Why? We have better technology. We have better CGI. We have better Photoshop, editing quality stuff that we do. How come top 100 movies of all time? We haven't had any pretty much in the last 20 years, even though everything's getting better. Because... 
no matter what we do and, and no matter how popular porn is, nothing compares to going on a real date. No matter how concerned people are about, you know, what's going to happen with virtual reality, there is nothing like you sitting in front of somebody having a conversation with them knowing you need to woo them. You need to persuade them. You need to win them over. What is the challenge of me sitting in front of a virtual reality date where the girl is fake and she's going to say everything's great about me, but I know she's lying. It doesn't do anything to me. It's the art of winning that person over, the human being. There's something to it. Go to Madden. Madden, if you want to watch a game, the, the bodies in Madden game looks like real football players. If you go watch NBA 2023, the bodies, Kobe looks like Kobe. So what happens? Let's just say they get it so close to where the bodies look exactly like exactly where the players are. Are you going to stop watching the NBA? You're just going to go watch Madden? You're just going to go? No. So CGI is almost ruining it. Some of the best movies were from back in the days I sit with my, my dad and watch these movies. I'm like, what? This is awesome. It's a beautiful story. It's like acting. They have nothing. They're just doing it in a room. So I think... You and I, if you're American, Hollywood, storytelling, movies is part of our DNA. You guys got to figure this part out. I'm not in the industry right now. You guys got to figure this part out with the negotiation and realize I don't care how great AI is going to be. I want to see the real actor who's got blood, who can get pissed, who can screw up and act and have to do it again. I want to see bloopers. I want to see behind the scenes stuff. I want to see the real thing. So we need those guys. So no matter how great AI is going to be, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh my God, look at this. As adults, we don't watch a lot of cartoons. We want movies. Maybe it works for kids. I don't know if it's going to work for the rest of the guys. So closing thoughts for that industry. You guys got to figure this thing out. It's a power play, of course. The guys with the money don't have to do anything. The union people are going to bully. Quite frankly, when I was selling my company, I'll never forget the guy that was buying my company. He made one of the best things, best phone calls he made to me. He says, Patrick, let me tell you what happens here. He says, I'm telling you, I'm buying your company. And this is my price. And you've committed to me. Is it fair? I said, I'm all in. We're going together. He says, the only people that are going to screw up this deal are going to be lawyers. As long as you and I are on the same page, Let's not allow lawyers to ruin this deal. Is that a deal? One of the most powerful things he said to me. I said, deal. You know what happened? My lawyers and his lawyers almost ruined the deal multiple times. And every time, remember what we talked about? You're right. So what does this mean? Hey, Bob Iger, heavyweight guys, you know who you are. And actors, SAG writers, do not let union ruin what you guys have done the last hundred years that has entertained people like me and tens, if not billions of people around the world that don't necessarily like to read books. They get their education sometimes from movies. They don't like docs. They like movies. Don't let the union screw up the amazing work you've done in the past. And if I can whisper one other thing to you, leave our kids alone. Just make some movies like the movies that we want to see. Don't do all the other ESG bullshit stuff that you're getting involved in. And this Larry Fink guy is now controlling you guys. Don't get involved in that bullshit. It makes us sick. If you go that route, you are not going to get this guy as a customer. But if you say, hey, ESG Fink, we don't need your money. Not, not you, not Vanguard, not State Street. We're going to kind of figure out a way to do it ourselves. And we're going to be very cool with the way we're making our movies. Going back to the days we did it when we built all these top 100 greatest movies of all time. Great. And if we do that, maybe this decade, 2020 to 2029, maybe we can produce a couple movies that will be on that list of top 100 greatest movies of all time. What do you think about that? And by the way, if you got value out of this episode, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. More importantly, I did a video about the history of Hollywood. For some of you that forgot about it, maybe you ought to look at it and see why you escaped New Jersey and you were under the control of a guy named Thomas Edison and you're doing it again. Don't repeat that same mistake. If you haven't seen that video, click here or here to watch that video. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.